welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the Octave of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Glory to God in the highest, and and on earth earth, peace peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. O God, who have bestowed on us paschal remedies, endow your people with heavenly gifts, so that possessed of perfect freedom, they may rejoice in heaven over what gladdens them now on earth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, Peter spoke to the Jews. The whole house of Israel can be certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hearing this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the Apostles, What must we do, brothers? You must repent, Peter answered, and every one of you must be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise that was made for you and your children, and for all those who are far away, and for all those whom the Lord our God will call to himself. He spoke to them for a long time, using many arguments, and urged them, save yourself from this perverse generation. They were convinced by his arguments, and they accepted what he said, and were baptised. That very day, about 3,000 were added to their number. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The word of the Lord is faithful, and all his works to be trusted. The Lord loves justice and right, and fills the earth with his love. 
The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The Lord looks on those who revere him, on those who hope in his love, to rescue their souls from death, to keep them alive in famine. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Our soul is waiting for the Lord. The Lord is our help and our shield. May your love be upon us, O Lord, as we place all our hope in you. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary stayed outside near the tomb, weeping. Then, still weeping, she stooped to look inside and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head, the other at the feet. They said, Woman, why are you weeping? They have taken my Lord away, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. As she said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, though she did not recognise him. Jesus said, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and remove him. Jesus said, Mary. She knew him then, and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means master. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go and find the brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary of Magdala went and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If we follow the course of events as John's Gospel tells us, Mary Magdalene first goes to the tomb while it's still dark, and then she discovers that the stone's been rolled away. And then she runs back to the disciples and says, look, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. And then famously, Simon Peter and the disciple that Jesus loves, they they run back and they find that the tomb is empty. And then they both go in, they find that the linen cloths are on the ground and the cloth covering his head are kind of crumpled up in the corner. They come to believe in the resurrection and then they go home again. Meanwhile, says John, Mary stayed outside near the tomb weeping. So it seems having gone and told Simon Peter and the disciple that Jesus loved that she goes back to the tomb but stays outside. Curiously, she doesn't really register that the two sitting at the place where Jesus' body had been laid were angels. And so they ask her, well, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? And she answers pretty matter-of-factly, look, that they've taken the Lord away and I don't know where they've put him. And you can see that she's weeping because she's obviously doubly troubled. Firstly, for the sheer fact of the trauma of Jesus' death. And secondly, that now... This trauma has been compounded. Not only has Jesus' life been taken away, but the remnants of his earthly presence have been taken away too. 
that the emptiness of the tomb is actually just a complete emptiness of the presence of Christ. Her first assumption's a pretty reasonable one. The reason why the tomb is empty is because Jesus has been taken away from them. This is something that human hands have done. So Mary turns around and sees Jesus, but obviously doesn't see Jesus. And the Lord asks her the same question. Why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And then again, it's the same response. Look, if you've taken him, then, then, then tell me where he is and I'll go and remove him. She's clearly searching, searching, searching. And the moment of recognition comes when Jesus says her name. This is truly a a beautiful moment and, and certainly one that for us is spiritually profound. Mary, he says. And that's when she recognizes him. And this grief that she experienced is suddenly transformed. Not only has the body of Jesus been returned... But Jesus himself has returned. What she'd been hoping for was simply the material presence of his earthly remains. But what she has instead is the whole person, Jesus himself. And that Christ calls her by name. Her personal relationship with him is completely restored. Not only restored but elevated now to a whole new pitch because he is returning to his father and our father. He's returning to his God and our God. And we are being drawn into that intimate relationship which Jesus has with his father, who is now also our father. But I think the experience of Mary Magdalene today provides an interesting parallel also for us. We've just come through the celebration of the Sacred Triduum and of Holy Week without having been able to go to church. And perhaps in a similar way, we feel a little bit bereft, like Mary Magdalene. They've taken the Lord away. This is something that human beings have done to Jesus, have done to us. And we search, we search like Mary Magdalene, and and this comes with a heavy heart. But where Mary Magdalene first assumes that the empty tomb is actually just a sign of Christ's absence, she's misunderstood that the empty tomb, in fact, is the sign of Christ's greater presence. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to advocate for the present situation. I think we have lost something in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the ordinary means by which Christ abides with his people and nourishes his people. He describes himself as the bread of life. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him. But maybe in these extraordinary times, we can take some comfort from Mary Magdalene. That though we experience at present the great absence of Jesus, that the empty tomb in some way speaks to us also of the empty churches that we seem to have been locked out of, maybe, just maybe, in the hands of God, this can be a particularly fruitful time for us spiritually. That where we thought, like Mary Magdalene, it was only Jesus being taken away from us, that in fact, 
God could actually be accomplishing something that we haven't conceived yet. That Jesus hasn't merely been stolen away from us. This might be the rediscovery of his presence in our prayer and in our daily reading of the scriptures. That there might be a new and unexpected presence of Christ just behind us as we turn around and that we hear the Lord speak to us personally, to address us personally, to say our name. Now I say this with the full and expectant hope that soon, soon, please God, soon, we may come back to Mass and receive Christ truly present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul and divinity. It is his real presence. But in the meantime, while we're in these extraordinary times, let us not feel that Jesus has simply been robbed from us. But let's look for him. And let's allow our hearts to hear our names addressed to us by him. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself 
and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.